Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 46 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com, and today my guest is my co-host, and I'm so excited. It's going to be such a blast. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit laid back and lots of fun. So, without further ado, further ado today our guest is... Uh, Tiffany Milodinich, in case you haven't heard of her name before, GratefulGarden.biz. She's a thyroid advocate, wellness consultant, and medical liaison, aromatic medicinal and essential oil formulator, my friend, my partner in Thyroid Nation Essentials, my co-host on the show, mom of four, you know, just an amazing person, and I'm absolutely thrilled to to have you on the show. Um, can't wait to talk, but just a few things. If you tuned in, I have no idea how long ago because the last show we did was a while back. That's the great um, beauty of, you know, having your own show is you can just kind of do it when you want. We wanted to have it every Sunday and and without fail, but it just didn't work that way over the holidays, so we just went with it because that's what you do. You just go with it. And uh, the last show I believe we did was with Paul Jaminet of Perfect Health Diet. He was so fun and very sweet. Um, At the very last minute, his wife had to go, and so he had to babysit his his son, and it was a little bit a little bit crazy, but he had great information. So if you missed that, you can catch it in the Thyroid Nation Radio archives, as well as other fabulous guests that we've had the privilege of interviewing. You know, Hypothyroid Mom, Mary Showman, Susie Cohen, Isabella Wentz, Dr. Holtorf, Dr. Robinson. There's been so many. Dr. Red. And so you can check those in the Thyroid Nation Radio archives page. But we are also on iTunes. So you can check it out on iTunes. Just download the podcast, look for Thyroid Nation Radio, and and you'll find it. And then also, if you go to Thyroid Nation Radio, you'll be able to see our future guests. We have Esther Blum coming up next week, Dr. Tim, Tim Jackson, Aviva Rahm, one of our favorites, Dr. Lisa Matura, who is actually on, and is Tina Lee Nolan's uh, personal doctor. So we have tons, tons, tons of great guests coming on. So be sure and check out the page. And if everybody is ready, this is Tiffany's line, but I'm going to say it today. <laughs> Let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Yay, Tiffany. I wish we had a applause button. <laughs> we do need some fancy buttons. You know, the oh, and the pause and we need some fancy buttons. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking we can <laughs> I think do so. That. Well, we'll work it out. <laughs> we'll work it out. So so you're the well, good morning. guest. And for those people who don't know you, if this is their first podcast they're listening to, please tell everybody a little bit about you and also about your kind of your thyroid story, your mom, how all that kind of led you up to where you are now, and, and we'll talk about how we met after that. All right. Well, very cool. Um, well, just uh, grew up with multiple health problems which I'm sure are you know can be easily traced back I think so many of us look back in our childhood and go wow you know when did this actually start um but uh, both my mother and father are uh, autoimmune hypothyroid and um my father uh, chose to treat it in 1950 with Synthroid and did fabulously has done fabulously is very cognitive and healthy at almost 88 years old and uh, doing very well, and uh, my mother, on the other hand, did not uh, choose <clears throat> to treat it um, with medication and uh, ended up 
mentally ill and demented and uh, just, you know, very sad story and very sad life. You know, it was difficult being raised by a woman that uh, was mentally difficult. We'll just put it that way. So then I was born. Of course, my mother had uh, multiple thyroid symptoms that I can see looking back, you know, an eight, eight and a half months old stillborn uh, which was my brother, our first child, and very difficult pregnancies, difficult becoming pregnancies, miscarriages, stillborns, um, a lot of dental issues, lots of mental mental cognitive issues. Um, and then I was born. I was the last one. I was a surprise. And then uh, just, you know, grew up with tons of ear infections, lots of behavioral problems, uh, kidney failure um, at six. That was... So just lots of, you know, lots of illness issues in childhood and, and throughout my life. And then took care of my mother until she passed. My my husband and I took care of my mom. And um, just, you know, I have a medical background, worked in medicine and left that because um, I had children and took care of my mother. And during that period of my mom, just really dove into what the heck was happening because I was getting answers that really meant nothing and... Um, you know, they were kind of absolute, if you know what I mean. You know, she's got Alzheimer's, that's just it. I was like, yeah, you can't, that's just not possible. So, like, because my mother suddenly lost all cognition. I mean, it was coming quietly, and then it was boom. So uh just immersed myself in that subject, and um, then we took care of my mom for six years, which, of course, was very stressful. I'm sure it had a huge amount of adrenal uh, repercussions to it. We had four children during that time, so I had nutrient deficiencies and other things that reared their head during that, like pernicious anemia and uh, some other things. And then uh, when my mother passed, uh, my fourth child, our fourth child was six weeks old, and, and after that, you know, in that probably almost a year after my mom passed, I had I started to lose quite a bit of cognition myself. And uh, really was very scary. You know, I mean, you know the story. It was, you know, I felt I had early onset Alzheimer's. I was usually very quick-witted, very, very quick-witted, almost unfortunately too quick-witted. It like, wasn't in my favor. But um, <laughs> just really had trouble tracking in conversations and trouble recalling words. And it was very, very scary. So, of course, I made myself up a list of of things to draw from, you know, having worked in medicine for so long and, and um uh, found that I had, you know, my antibodies were almost 400, so I was Hashimoto and uh, critically low B12 levels and uh, very low ferritin levels, and uh, but my thyroid function was holding its own. So it was very much a wait and see type situation. So just long story short, just the amount of information that I learned during that time coupled with my own background and then, of course, the um, inclusion of aromatherapy in that um, as supplemental things. And then people said, you really should be doing this for a living. And so I did. It was something that I could work, you know, uh, at my leisure with four kids and, and not have someone tell me when and where I had to be somewhere. And it was very beneficial. So that's, that is my spiel. That's my story. Minus, you that's know, your spiel. Things, know. That's my spiel. I didn't. I don't ever think I really asked you how you got started. Um, did I ever ask you this? I don't think I, I really know the story. So you're just using these essential oils and, and everything kind of natural and organic for your health, and then people said, 
you should do this. Exactly. So you just did. I mean, how? Really? Exactly, and that's exactly that's kind of how it started out. And then, <clears throat> you know, I had made up, you know, a couple of formulas because I had always used uh, essential oils and for skincare, and uh, you know, um, people loved it. And then from that, you know, just being there um, was sort of just live individual at the farmer's market. You know, you, you come across quite a few people that don't feel well. And, you know, I would always say, you know, have you done this or have you, you know, and it just kind of evolved into something that um, was much bigger. And uh, I loved the freedom of not being... Uh, it's going to sound terrible, but I love the freedom of being li- not licensed in anything because that was my mm-hmm. problem in medicine in the fa- in the past with, um, you know, certifications and licensure that you can't work unless you're scheduled to work that way. And uh, there's lots of limitations on what you can say. I mean, technically an RN cannot dispense herbal or essential oil information or advice. Technically nobody, Dana, can dispense essential oil or uh, herbal information. You know, for all intents and purposes, that's against the, against the law to say that something can do something that hasn't been proven to do. So, you know, there's which a very is, fine line there. Good. That's a good thing. You know, it protects everybody, but at the same time, it also limits everybody. So it's kind right. of, yeah, right? It is. And it's it a double-edged abuse. sword. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, you know, there are so many essential oils that can be used, uh, you know, extremely effectively for so many things, you know, uh, fungal issues and shingles and viral issues and even uh, as antibiotics at time. But you can't tell somebody that this is going to do that definitively unless you've shown that it's proven by the FDA to do so. Now, everybody thinks the FDA is bad and annoying and whatever, but in my opinion... The FDA is bottom of the barrel. If they say it's a problem, you know it's a problem. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because there's so That's many right. things that are so problematic that they don't that they don't say until there's, you know, a lot of problems. Like I see that very much coming forward with essential oils. Unfortunately, you know, I mean most people don't know that there's, you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of FDA warning letters to several multi-level marketing companies. Uh, warning them to stop saying it, stop doing it, uh, because as a general rule, it can put uh, a fraction of the general population in significant danger. Okay, so you know that that's something that I really want to put across is that they're really, really, in my opinion, and of course everything that we talk about today is my opinion but are no experts, per se, on the essential oil topic because they're fairly new historically by, you know, the potency of steam distillation. And there is so much research that pops up every single day. I mean, that's new. So when people say that they're historical or biblical, uh, you know, is frankincense mentioned in the Bible? It is. Is it mentioned in the context of an essential oil that we know in the potency in the little 5 ml or 2 ml or 15 ml bottle? No, it's not. You know, and if anything else, it was an infusion. It most likely was a resin infusion that was done in, in you know, some type of olive oil. Uh, that's not an essential oil potential uh, potency. 
So it's okay, so that's a really big difference. That's a huge deal. That's, that's a, really a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Big difference, mm-hmm. potency wise. I mean, you know, when you pluck a basil leaf off your basil bush in the backyard and you pop that in your caprese with your mozzarella and are you ingesting essential oils? You are. You're ingesting a, a, a very minute amount of essential oils off that basil plant. Um, when you put a drop of basil essential oil or you're dealing with a potency of multiple plants, all the essential oils off that. And I think that's what confuses people the most. You know, I would say that essential oils are more similar to pharmaceuticals than they actually are to herbs. You know, uh, essential oils contain no vitamins or minerals at all. Okay, it's burnt off in the distillation process. And there's some new processes they're showing to allow for different constituents to, 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 to maintain available, like hydro distillation as opposed to steam distillation, um, you know, that are allowing different things. But an herb contains vitamins and minerals. An essential oil does not. So this is where, you know, um, you know, people can get themselves into trouble, particularly on the subject of, can my essential oils replace my medications, my thyroid medication? Uh, it is my opinion at this particular time in history that that is not possible. It's not possible for multiple reasons. <laughs> you know, uh, they're not hormones. They're not vitamins. They're not minerals. I mean, can they stimulate a thyroid potentially? Uh, is, that, is that always good? Not necessarily. Okay, why would you stimulate a thyroid to produce more thyroid hormone if you say, for example, have multiple vitamin and mineral deficiencies? You're going to get yourself into trouble. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You will, in the long run, feel very ill. Now, when people say, I replaced my thyroid <clears throat> medication with essential oils, you know, I, I kind of think medically in the respect that unless you have a standardized uh, testing for this where every person is eating McDonald's every day and, uh, you know what I'm saying, has a similar, so there's a standardization for the test. You can't right. really say that the essential oils replaced your thyroid medication, particularly if you're in a subclinical problem, right? If you're having a subclinical thyroid issue where the thyroid hormone is not really off yet or there hasn't been degradation of the gland yet and all of that, uh, you know, essential oils can be very beneficial. They can be beneficial for mood. They can be beneficial for anxiety. They can be beneficial for multiple things that come along with thyroid disorders. As as a as a supplemental or um, you know accompanying therapy, but to replace thyroid hormone is an absurd statement in in my opinion. So okay. would thyroid hormone, and if you gave thyroid hormone to someone with Graves that didn't have a thyroid, or if you gave it to somebody who had a long-term, you know, Hashimoto's where there was significant glandular destruction, that person would be in deep, deep trouble trying to replace it with essential oils. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it's good to know because this is a hot topic. And, it's and a huge you know, topic. And that's a lot of the reason I wanted to... I wanted to talk to you about it on the show because I don't really agree either. Now, there is an article on my website where someone has claimed that uh, she has, uh, you know, 
replaced her medical, her medicine, her thyroid medicine with essential oils. And, and Tiffany and I were talking about it, and there is really no way to know whether that was exactly what happened or not. And you can't really claim that. You know, we can't claim it since we have a product. And, and most people, can you hear me? I can hear you perfect. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Okay, sorry. I just saw your <laughs> I saw your note that said cut me off here. Okay, you were just talking about. Okay, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> we we messaged, we messaged each other during the show and all I saw was cut me off and I was like, "Oh no, it cut me off." Oh no. Okay, sorry. Back to what we were saying. Both Tiffany and I feel like everybody is an individual and there is no one method that that can fix anybody. Period. There just isn't. There can be, you know, overlapping of lots of different things and and Lots of people can benefit from an AIP diet, for for instance, and then lots of people may not have success with it. So we believe that everybody's individual and should be treated as such. And, and that goes along with saying with the article. That information put forward. That's what that's what makes Thyroid Nation special, is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it worked or would work for you or I, but you put it out there right. because there may be someone in a subclinical situation that might find it to be beneficial. And that's why it's there. That's why the article is there. Plus, it, you plus know? it asks the question. It raises the question. And it lets people know there is choice. And there isn't just one way of managing your thyroid and your health. There just isn't. There so just isn't. That, was my basis for, there, that was my basis for starting Thyroid Nation. And we really wanted to cover that because I do have the, the – it's a great article. And she could be doing very well. And it could very well have helped her. But there really is no way to prove that there could be lots of reasons and, and it may help lots of people you know in a it in could. a subclinical in a subclinical thyroid type situation i mean i think that's what you know what's a difficult thing is that you know every thyroid patient is different i mean i see it all the time in my clients when we talk about you know you have a hypothyroid client that comes from a, a grave situation and you have a hypothyroid com- you know client that comes from a hashimoto situation they cannot be treated the same. They're two entirely different clients. For a physician, they should be two entirely different patients. Do you know what I'm saying? They have different uh, challenges. And just to say hypothyroidism is hypothyroidism is 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 not an accurate statement. Not everyone is going to. No, and you, you know you're going to have selenium that's going to lower some people's antibodies, and it's not going to budge other people's antibodies. You can't put it forward. Uh, you know, and for some people, selenium can become very toxic. So to just put off a, blo- a broad statement for anything is is craziness. It really is, in my opinion. In my opinion. And in my opinion as well. And you have to be really careful. And so we provide information, and and we also provide the fact that you need to research and see what works for you. You know, B12 is a big uh, a big problem with with people that have thyroid issues, cognitive issues, and it causes all kinds of things. But I have. And I was told by somebody, doesn't matter who, that I needed to supplement with B12 because I was having all these issues. And my B12 is off the charts. So I actually have high B12. So I probably have methylation, MTHFR, which I didn't even know what that was. And a lot of people beginning out in this journey do not. So there is just really no one way of telling. You really kind of need to know more about your body uh, before you start saying absolutes, you know, there, and there is really no absolute. You were just talking today, Tiffany, about some uh, article you read about celery or, or something about your, your gut health being affected. Each person's gut health is affected in different ways, and this is a new study. Oh, yeah. 
Not not celery. Right? Are you craving celery or something? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I did just have some. So what was it? Oh, not celery. celery. <laughs> so look at that. You you brought celery into the subject. Sorry, I can't help it. Uh, actually, celery is it. an amazing. Celery is amazing for blood pressure. Seriously, celery oh, the food. Go. Okay, not celery seed essential oil. Anything else? Celery yeah, the food. We know. We know. Very we know. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a study that was done uh, in Israel not very long ago where 5,000 people um, uh, were studied. And what they found was, as far as microbiome was concerned, uh, they put all of these very healthy foods forward. And, of course, you know, Dana knows and people that listen to Thyroid Nation Radio know that I always <clears throat> say healthy is perspective to the person. Okay. It so, is. huh? Yes, it is. It is. Oh, I thought you said it is like a question. So, anyways, this this study, uh, <laughs> this is fun, um, came well, across then. and said that you know five thousand people studied, and the, whether the food was beneficial or not uh, was dictated by genetics. Okay, and when I saw that, I thought that is so true. I mean, I've had people try to tell me to give up coffee. You know, I've been a food-controlled diabetic my whole life. You know, I've given up, of course, you know, lots of artificial sugars. and uh, But I still eat, you know, a small amount of honey, coconut sugar at times, uh, and even turbinado sugar at times, and it doesn't affect my blood sugar. So for me, um, <laughs> for me, uh, you know, bread can significantly affect my bread, blood sugar or large amounts of carbohydrates, even if whether it's rice or quinoa or doesn't matter, uh, significantly more than sugar will actually affect my blood sugar. So what was really cool about that Israeli study was when everybody says that, you know, broccoli or this or that is, is a beneficial food for the general public, to me that always seems so absurd. I mean, how do you know if, that is or it isn't. You know, there are certain foods that I, you know, that I eat that I don't feel well. You know, people say that goitrogens are a myth. Well, I don't think that they are. I have felt the ramifications of goitrogens, and and I feel them less uh, when you know thyroid hormone and different things are optimized. Of course, when your thyroid hormone goes up, your iodine intake goes up because there's iodine in thyroid hormone. So, I just, you know, it's always when people just make such a blanket absolute statement. Um, you know, that's just always kind of scary for me because you have a lot of people out there that don't feel well. They're very desperate, you know, and they're willing to spend, you know, all the money available or even money they don't have available to feel well and will believe and purchase anything. It's it's a very it's a very sad, you know, situation. It's like preying on the desperate, you know. That's, and you know. and that's really that's really what we try to do, and why Tiffany and I came together. Um, the other thing I was going to say that's kind of funny is we'll always use the reference of you know there is absolutely no one way to say you know goitrogens are healthy for you or not healthy for you or, or you know for Tiffany they bother her, right. and we never make a blanket statement because if for you, some if people you they look don't. At, <clears throat> look at Eskimos, okay? If you take someone who lives here where I live in Costa Rica and move them up. To where the Eskimos oh, live. So true. So true. There's absolutely no way that their body and their chemistry, and then they got married, and then they had a kid, and then they moved to Asia. And then, I mean, the gut is going to, I mean, there's just no one way. There just I, isn't. I, there's no one 
specific way that's going to help. So you just need to learn more about your body, your vitamins, your minerals, <clears throat> where your levels are at, all of that. I mean, for me, I'm thinking that health in the future, you know, you should be able to walk in and get just a statistic report printout of what all of your levels are at any one time. I mean, if you need to know your TSH and your and your vitamin B and your vitamin D and your, you know, whatever it is, you well, should be able to get it. Well, and look at all the vitamins we don't test. Look at all the vitamins right. and hormones and, and different things that we don't test, you know. I mean, I, I definitely feel that so many things come down to nutrition because even if you try to bypass certain things, you know, and take SAMe, say, for example, Right. You're still bypassing a whole methylation process that you're having trouble with. So you can't, it, it's like, um, do you know what I'm saying? It's like putting a, a Band-Aid on it because you're not really dealing with the methylation issue that got you to that low SAMI in the first place. Right. You're trying to trump the human body and go to, you know, which is another reason why I believe that all thyroid problems should be ruled out from the bottom of the line, including iodine including iodine, those levels should be tested before anybody gets put on thyroid hormone because, you know, in in essence, when you go on thyroid hormone, you're trumping. Now, of course, you know, we, if someone has glandular destruction, you really can't start from square A. You could put them in a lot of trouble doing that. But, um, no. you know, it's just that's the whole thing. The process is different for everybody, and, and, you know, but I just don't feel that conventional medicine is taking enough time. And people... This is really important, and I know we're completely off the topic of essential oils, but people don't take enough responsibility in their thyroid situations either. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that they eat or, you know, let's say, for example, you know, if they're drinking or, you know, drinking too much coffee or, you know, uh, for certain people that can be very problematic. You know, there's dietary changes that are significant in how well you feel or how your mood is. Um, you know, and that's all in our control. You know, we love to blame our doctors, but that's all in our control. Although I do believe, I think just even in my own history, is the more my thyroid hormone has become optimized, uh, the more I'm able to do things without, you know, serious repercussions, you know, without feeling very poorly. I might be able to have that glass of wine or, you know, and not feel like I just got hit by a Mack truck the next morning, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes, <clears throat> I do know. Um, but I do want to. I do want to jump to um, just some, you know, basic things that have to do with essential oils because people have a lot of questions. You know, I put I put uh, some memes Should and we... some uh, information out that you know, asking people, "What did you want to know?" And people people have do's and don'ts that they really they really don't know or they want to know and. I have uh, my webmaster was here the other day. We were having a meeting, and she said, "Well, are these therapeutic grade essential oils that you're using? Because that's the best, and that's what you only want to use." And I said, "Aha! Okay, that's a question. It's a question. I want Tiffany to answer. I want Tiffany to answer what she, what your opinion is on that." Okay, so this, just as a note, is not an opinion. <laughs> this well, is true. A flat-out fact. So are there therapeutic-grade essential oils? Absolutely. People would be foolish to think that you have therapeutic and non-therapeutic oils. Is there anybody that regulates 
or determines what those therapeutic oils are. No, there is not. So there are certain types of regulatory groups that are involved, like organic. Uh, It has to fall within a certain subset of constituent standards in order to be called basil or oregano or lavender or whatever. Okay, But is there a nonpartisan party that determines what you know whether something is of therapeutic grade or not no the term pure therapeutic grade came from doTERRA that is their tagline and their marketing statement for themselves period there are many many companies that sell therapeutic grade oils the only way for a nonpartisan person within that multi-level marketing or within that company to decide, not definitively, there is nothing that definitively, you know, because you can have adulterants that, you know, even with gas chromatography and what have you, that tells you what the constituents are, but it doesn't mean that that's, you know, uh, it'll tell you if it's pure, but it won't tell you if it's therapeutic grade. It will tell you what constituents are. And I know this, this is kind of more technical than it is, but there are definitely therapeutic-grade oils, but there is no way for somebody to state that definitively that is not their own personal opinion. So, for example, okay. uh, with lavender, you might have, you know, you might work with 10 different lavender oils. Depending on their constituents, one may be better to combine with a fungal problem. One may be better to combine for uh, an anxiety problem. One may be better to combine for an acne problem. Does that make sense? So therapeutic, in my opinion, really lies in the eyes of the beholder. And what I mean by, it's going to depend on what you're going to use it for. I mean, so what I tell people is, is if, you know, for example, the Now brand, they're very inexpensive, I tell people, if you're doing laundry and things like that, for God's sake, use the Now brand. You know, don't pay, right. you know, $20 or more for, you know, a 15 ml or, you know, 5 ml lavender if you're using it in your laundry. <laughs> okay, that's the right. perfect example of where you would want a more therapeutic grade oil. Does that mean that the Now brand is not pure? No, it does not. It means that it is not the same quality and will not be prepared to do the same job as potentially a thirty or forty dollar uh, or more, you know, uh, essential oil that you would purchase from someone else. So and there's no regulations really, with that. There are no regulations with that. Okay. So and that's what's so important, um, you know, is that people understand that that is a marketing tagline and a brilliant one at that, I might add. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) That was very well marketed. Let's put it that way. So does that mean Mm -hmm. that they're not good oils? It does not mean that. But it does not mean that they are therapeutic to anyone else other than doTERRA. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yes, I do. It it is hard to understand, but basically... But basically, there's just different levels, you know. Like I wanted to purchase <clears throat> because Tiffany and I are, are we're doing the Thyroid Nation Essentials, which is 
we were wanting to do it, and I wanted to smell these different levels. So I bought some random brands on Amazon to see, and I can tell for my taste buds and what I can tell from the difference in Tiffany's, like let's say, for instance, her tea tree oil or whatever, totally different. They are totally different. Very much Can you so. hear me better? Yeah. You were just cutting out there for a minute. Right. Um, they're totally different. So, but that didn't mean that doesn't mean that they're not good, right? No, and they, like I said, they might be used for something else. I mean, this is why this is so important for me to tell people. Okay, and and you're going to want to purchase and validate an oil more so for certain circumstances than other. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're dealing with a glioblastoma or a major medical issue right, you're going to want to, I mean, you should always want to purchase from a reputable company, but but now is not necessarily not reputable, nor is or Acacia. Do you see what I'm saying? But if you're using it yeah. for something that you absolutely have to have a, a purity and a quality issue done or needed, then you are going to have to learn a little bit more about essential oils or contact uh, you know, a certified aromatherapist that deals with medical and clinical situations. So proof is in the and pudding. Just because you, just because you are a representative or a consultant or an ambassador to a company, does not make you that certified label you just said. But I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, okay. So there's different, and, and aromatherapy is, you know, uh, aromatherapy certification is kind of like the wild west. <laughs> to me right now. And just so everybody knows, I am not a, a certified aromatherapist by any one organization because there are so many different philosophies. It is not required federally or by state. Um, I kind of hope it... Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that. But um, So there's so many different philosophies. So I prefer to learn a little bit from all of the different schooling and then I form you know, my own opinion based on research and different things because it's really a very ungoverned um, field right now. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. And and the underlying tone that we're trying to get across here, and it, and we seem to be repeating it in different ways, is there is no one better essential oil company or no. brand or it, it is all variant depending on what your situation is, what you need it for. You know, there just is no one way. So people And it's going to change from harvest to harvest. It's going to change from harvest to harvest. Right. If you're buying an essential oil that smells the exact same every time, (laughs) you should be just just an itty-bitty concern, just a little bit. (laughs) Because there's no way, because they're crops. There's no way to control how, how things And thankfully, right, we need to be grateful for that because they respond to their environment. So when they Mm -hmm. respond to their environment, in other words, if they respond to fungus or different, you know, types of things or different types of parasites or different types of pests or things like that, this is what we rely on in the aromatherapy field is for those plants to be responding to their environment which is That's very right. cool because that changes the percentage of the constituents in that particular essential oil, which is which is really just phenomenally cool, if you ask me. 
Well, I think so, so should too. we get into some too. should we get into some do's and don'ts? I know that was a big hot topic yes. for people. Yes. Is is, yes. is do's, and do's and don'ts. And like I said, if you go to an MLM, they're going to tell you that neat is okay. And neat by neat I mean it's not diluted whatsoever. And if you go to a different, you know, professional uh organization like Aroma Head, that's a huge uh, aromatherapy school, you're going to hear that dilution is exceptionally important. Um, so the do's and don'ts to make it fairly easy uh, for the layperson is certain essential oils can be used neat. There are not very many, and they really never should be, in my opinion, uh, because diluted doesn't, if anything, it increases their absorption. Okay, So when you apply an essential oil neat, essential oils oxidize by heat, light, and air air being the worst offender, heat being the next, and then light being the third, which is really not necessarily of great importance. I mean, you don't want to put your essential oils on in direct sunlight. But air and heat being the two biggest offenders. So essential oils will immediately oxidize or begin to oxidize. That, of course, depends on the oil. And, and this is going to get, we're going through different layers. But So, for example, your citrus oils, uh, pine oils, they oxidize fairly quickly. You do not want those standing around for five years or even a year for that matter. You have other essential oils like sandalwood, your base note type oils, patchouli, vetiver, things like that that actually increase with age. They get better with age. You know, lavender is a fairly quick oxidizer. Within a couple years, you want to use it if it's stored in, the, in cool, if it's stored in very low head bottles. And what I mean by that is that when you have a pure oil, you always want to make sure that there's very low airhead in the bottle. <clears throat> you want to transfer that into a smaller bottle so that you're reducing the amount of air that's kept in the bottle with your pure oils. So <clears throat> you have oxidation. Oxidation is a huge, huge issue with essential oils that will affect their quality significantly. So for people who aren't in the profession of using essential oils all the time, you always want to buy them in the smallest amount possible and use them quickly. It's just a safe way to do it unless you're buying base notes. You always want to dilute. Going back to the neat issue is when you apply an essential oil neat, okay, say for example, lavender can be very beneficial, not frequently, but used neat on something to produce a quick response, particularly anti-inflammatory or pain relief, things like that. Um, when you say neat, you mean? Neat means not diluted. That means you're using the pure right. essential oil. But it's been shown, and you can look at uh, YouTube, Dr. Pappas with Essential Oil University actually has a tutorial that you can look to see uh, and, and how neat oils are not uh, beneficial, how it's always better to dilute because they oxidize. So they're not going to necessarily absorb efficiently into the skin. They're going to absorb more efficiently by dilution, with dilution. And when I mean with dilution, I mean, you know, uh, a carrier oil of some type, whether it be olive oil, coconut oil, sweet almond oil, rosehip oil, primrose oil, you know, um, any any type, tamanu, baobab, right? There's lots of wonderful carrier oils. So the do's and don'ts, in my opinion, is neat would be used rarely, if ever, Okay, because you're going to increase the absorption by diluting it. Your dilution is going to depend on multiple topics. Okay, where you're applying it, 
how frequently you're applying it, the oil that you're applying it, uh, the type of oil that you're using. In other words, you know, you can go up to a significantly higher percentage uh, with lavender than you can with myrrh or clove or cinnamon. You're going to have a different amount of percentage that's going to make it safe or not safe. So the do's and don'ts, diluted is a, is a do. Always. Neat is a don't unless you're in a pickle, okay? You don't want to use them or overuse them all the time. Ingested essential oils, okay? You have several, several modes of transmission. You have oral usage, you have dermal usage, you have inhalation, you have suppository, uh, whether rectal or vaginal. You have multiple different ways that you can use essential oils. That doesn't mean that, they're, that the do's and don'ts are going to apply to all of those the same. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Your percentages are going to be different depending on the age of the person, the health of the person, um, you know, like I said, the type of oil used, what you're using it for. In other words, you're going to use a certain percentage for a topical fungal problem significantly that you're going to use it for uh, something else. The percentage is going to be different. So this is where education comes that, in. Tiffany? Huh? How important is that? How important That's is that? Like what, um, can you tell us some, can you tell us some, critical. some uh, cases, some cases, some um, instances, examples of, of things that you've learned about or read along the way where someone didn't follow this and something happened? Just, just to kind of okay. give the audience and, a little bit of what we're talking about. And for, for those that are very, very uh, interested in the safety subject, you know, I highly recommend that they join the uh, Robert Tisserand Essential Training and Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy. Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy is uh, Scylla Shepard-Hanger, who is a vintage aromatherapist that is very concerned with the dangers that we're seeing uh, with the multi-level marketing and so much ingestion, so much neat usage. So I'll give you a couple examples that we've seen recently. Um, in other words, peppermint straight undiluted on the foot, you know, on the feet of, of infants can cause, um, you know, uh, a six-hour, basically, you know, uh, non-respond infant, <laughs> okay? So it's too strong. Peppermint shouldn't, as a general rule, be on any child, uh, depending on who you talk to, between six or ten. Um, and, of course, that would be extremely diluted down. It's a very strong oil. It interferes with enzyme uh, reactions in the body. It is not a benign oil. What I mean by that. You know, lavender is a benign oil. As a general rule, unless somebody has a severe lavender allergy, they're not going to have a problem with lavender. So it can't do much harm. You have, right. Right. And I'll tell you, uh, I want to say maybe a year ago, nine months to a year ago, there was a case of a gal who had been using essential oils. Uh, she was a multi-level marketer, and she was ingesting them and using them neat. And essential oils are lipophilic, which means they love fat, okay? They're going to store in fat, whether it be fat in the skin, whether it be adipose tissue internally. Uh, so what was seen was that she had an anaphylactic reaction. Of course, she'd been doing this for years. So then she, you know, decided that, you know, that wasn't exactly safe, and so she started diluting it. So she used a dilution topically on her belly, and she ended up having an anaphylactic reaction 
that is being hypothesized as a potential accumulation reaction issue. Okay, did that did that make sense, or was that too technical? Yes. No. So that makes one sense. of the things, right? One of the things I think is so important to point out with people, and I'm not trying to be a fear monger or a fear driver, but as somebody who has had kidney and liver failure in the past, I really feel that the world of essential oils should be approached very cautiously because there is a lot that we don't know. You know, about a year ago, uh, there were studies that came out that lemongrass, even by inhalation, just, just by inhaling it at certain percentages, can alter fetal bone development. There was a study that came out, uh, I believe it was posted a couple days ago, um, by Dr. Robert Pappas, who is an, an essential oil chemist. He teaches it at a university uh, where they had shown a study about limonene in scented candles. Now, limonene is something that's very common in citrus, uh, but that it increased formaldehyde levels in six different homes. Okay, so his thing was, is this is something that we should consider this is something that needs to be further looked into. Uh, you know, limonene can also be very beneficial. There's lots of PubMed articles for breast cancer, okay? So is it the combination of the limonene and the citrus and the scented candles and possibly the soy-based wax? You know, was it a soy-based candle? Was it a beeswax candle? This is what I mean about standardized information. Right. You can't just jump out on a limb and say that limonene raises formaldehyde levels because there's too many other factors involved that could have changed that outcome. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. But is it something that the essential oil professional community should take note of and be more aware of and, you know, uh, process more case studies? Absolutely. Absolutely. These are, these are in their infancy. Essential oils in this potency are in their infancy. We're coming across new research all the time. And you've got to remember, essential oils have only been this horrifically, not only available, right? We haven't had the availability that we have recently of all this world distribution and Internet exposure and all these different things until very recently. I mean, what, what, what would you say? Like essential oils really only took a big boom in, what, 10 years? maybe more so even yeah. the last five years. I mean, you have five years. Robert Tisserand and Scylla Shepard-Hanger and Jeanne Rose and all of these amazing vintage aromatherapists, but they were like a super, super, super small percentage, you know, say 40 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how much information, re- I mean, they're experts because they saw what they saw in their communities. And, you know, of course, essential oils have been used in Europe much longer than in the United States significantly. But they were really dealt with medicinally. They were, you know, um, prescribed, quote, unquote, by physicians in France and things like that. It wasn't just, you know, you could run down to your health food store and grab some, you know, French lavender. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So the do's and don'ts, in my opinion, the really important ones would be don't ingest unless you are under the guidance of someone who knows what they're talking about. And by that I mean a clinical aromatherapist or some type of physician that is well-versed in essential oils because there's different ones that can be very problematic to the esophagus, to mucous membranes, 
some absolutely need to make it to the intestines in order to do the job, particularly for fungal issues, to work for you know SIBO problems, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. They're not to be used for any long period of time. So that's a big don't. Don't ingest. If you want to ingest essential oils, you know, make yourself some rosemary potatoes or make some salad dressing with some fresh rosemary, fresh basil, and get the essential oil, put some cayenne pepper in there and, and make some great olive oil infusions of the actual plant or herb. There you go. You can ingest that all day long if you'd like. But if you're going to use the little 5, 2 ml, 15 ml bottles, because of their potency, you need to know what the heck you're doing in order to do it safely. But Too many things Tiffany? to consider. Yeah. What about, I see so many um, people with recipes online uh, that, have, that call for essential oils. That's fabulous. I, my, the thing that I tell people and my clients is, Nobody on those recipes and nobody giving that advice is going to accompany you and your five-year-old to the emergency room. That's my opinion. But you don't, okay, Tiffany, but you don't hear about, um, you know, on the news, you know, so-and-so child or so-and-so person, you know, dying of essential oil or arm cut off of essential oil or you just don't hear any of those stories. So what do you say to that? that's great. So... You're not hearing those stories. If you, if you want to hear those stories, I suggest you join the Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy, and um, they have a reporting for essential oil injuries. Okay? And there is, How there, many people, is there a lot. Okay, so there, so there's, there is a, a broad-spectrum notion that essential oils can't cause problems. They're natural. They're natural, they're, they're, and, and natural equates with safe. Okay. So how many people, I'll give you an example. They had a thing at a, at a preschool recently where all the children's eyes were dilated, huge. Anyways, long story short, they called the fire department. They freaked out, couldn't figure it out. They thought it was carbon monoxide, blah, 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 blah. Finally, the, fu- the fire department figured out that they were burning cinnamon essential oil. They were diffusing it in another room. Okay? So... To, call, you know, to counter what you just said, most people are not going to blame their ailment on an essential oil because there is an unfortunate notion that all essential oils are safe. So people aren't going to look for the fact that they did that or they did that. They're going to look for something that makes more sense to them. Does that make sense? So as we come in this huge popular... Um, uh, and I've seen it multiple times. I've had professionals that have contacted me from multi-level marketing uh, things where a masseuse that is a so-and-so representative did a massage, used undiluted eucalyptus oil or whatever, and the person became very confused and blah, blah, blah. They don't run to the emergency room. Is it going to kill you? Probably not. But, so is that where we start with our safety? Is that where we start with our safety because it's not going to kill you? No. No. So as people, and like I said, if you really want to understand, I've seen a woman come to the farmer's market that had several epidermis of her skin eaten away by the guidance of a multi-level marketer for putting pure, undiluted essential oils on her leg. This woman walked up to my booth ready to fight. She was angry. 
you know, essential oils. And, you know, she said, all she did was lift up her skirt and show me the inside of her thigh. And she said, this is what essential oils did for me. Okay, now obviously you know me. So we ended up in this long discussion. And this is what people don't see on a regular basis. Okay? Not and just everybody, so everybody knows, just so everybody knows that that person that came up to your booth, you hadn't sold her the what she used. No. No, gosh no. I would never ever recommend undiluted essential oils. I am not a proponent of that at all. At all. Even okay. with lavender and things like that. In in ten years I might have used lavender neat by one drop five times. And I was in a pickle. Okay. I had nothing else. Okay. So in my opinion, they get diluted every single time. You don't ingest unless you know what the heck you're doing. And there's enormous consequences of long-term ingested essential oils on adipose tissue, potentially the endocrine system, mucous membranes. There are many, many consequences of improperly used essential oils. Like I said, Join the Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy, and you can read the case studies of all the people that are reporting to them about problems that they had. Okay? Okay. Now, like I said, I'm not not fear-mongering. What I am doing is I'm saying these are amazingly potent substances that should be handled with great care and caution and understanding. Can they be used amazingly? They can be used amazingly. Fungus, anxiety, uh, anti-inflammatory, localized pain, localized pain. You're certainly not going to use essential oils for a systemic inflammation or for, for a systemic pain. That would be absurd. How would you do that? You know, you, what are you going to, you know, I mean, you can use it for emotional issues, for stress issues, for grounding issues, for stimulating libido, uh, stimulating touch, you know, uh, for increasing energy, for helping with focus, for helping with brain fatigue, to help with sleep, to lower cortisol levels. There are many things that essential oils can be used so beneficially for properly. You know, you can scour PubMed. You're not going to find any essential oils dedicated to thyroid in PubMed. There may be two or three articles, five maybe at the most. But you will find them where they do are helpful with anxiety, where they've been helpful with fungal problems, whether they've been helpful with many things, emotional status, uh, lowering pain in labor and delivery. There's fabulous, amazing new coming studies on uh, glioblastomas and inhalation of essential oils. You don't have to ingest it. You don't have to topically apply it. You're just talking about smelling it, okay? Aroma therapy, which means by smell. Huh? Right. You're not talking, that doesn't mean infusion. That means by smelling it, putting on your hands with, you know, uh, diluting it and smelling it with your nose. No, not not, not put putting it. Diffuser. Not putting it pure. Right. Not putting it pure on your hands. You don't put it pure no, on your hands. No, I said with the, smell it. No, oh. I said with the. I said with the carrier oil. Right. Even it did. You know, I said with like the carrier say, oil or whatever. With anything, any essential oil that you're utilizing, right. you want to smell it first. And I always tell people, you know, one of my favorite things is traditional aromatherapy. Traditional aromatherapy. Okay, when you're baking your pumpkin pie or your apple pie or you're making your you know your stew that has 
rosemary and garlic and onion. I mean, it always blows my mind, you know, when I'm cooking and, and learning about aromatherapy and studying it on a, on a regular basis. They used to say 5% into the bloodstream. Now they're saying almost 70% of the bloodstream gets uh, by inhalation, okay? So when we were cooking, right, or even if you water your backyard and you've got a big rosemary bush, right, you can water your, and your rosemary smells amazing. You're like, oh, that smells so good, right? When you're cooking mm-hmm. and your entire house fills up with these fabulous smells. Now you're talking about you didn't, you didn't put – you didn't put any 5 ml drops in there. You didn't put any drops in there. You just put no. the onion in there and the garlic in there and the rosemary in there and all the different things or the cinnamon or the cloves or you know the allspice or all of these amazing things that you cook which you are smelling when you're cooking is essential oil therapy. Those are the volatile molecules that have been released into the air for you to smell. And, of course, you are going to take in a minuscule amount. I mean, I don't know if anyone ever studied that, how much you actually take in off that plant when you cook. So there is going to be a minuscule amount that's going to be ingested, we would assume, right? Right. But the majority of what we would get that was beneficial, that nature gave to us, would be by inhalation, okay? Essential oil molecules are molecularly structured small enough to pass the blood-brain barrier, okay? That's amazing when you think about it. So what if we, you know, I mean, you could go down a whole, you know, rat hole theory of, you know, fungal issues and thyroid issues and all these anxiety issues and all these other issues that we have maybe have been by the limited, you know, limited cooking that we do. We don't cook anymore. Right? What if those volatile molecules that we were smelling all of the time were an enormous, enormous, enormous mm-hmm. facet of health? Okay. I mean, so it's it's a, you know, it's a fabulous topic. They're amazing. They should be used okay. safely. They what? need to be used with education. Okay. What about? Okay. What is your thought on doing an infu- an infusion infuser using an infuser? An infuser um, or a diffuser? No, how, uh-huh. Is that what I've been saying this whole time? I really am. Okay. Just, it's I still haven't quite got back diffuser since okay. I got back from my vacation. I really have not been all there. Okay, <laughs> diffuser. That's what we're gonna well, do. Let's Go back actually, and change all those to diffuser. Let's actually let's actually address both. Okay. One thing I want to address is there's a lot of information that's floating around on on frankincense being able to cure cancer. There is so much misinformation or unfounded or, you know, things that are stated on a small piece of information, things like that. So, for example, frankincense to cure cancer, there is no boswellic acid in frankincense essential oil. It's burnt off in the steam distillation process. Now, there are different processes that are coming out now like hydro distillation, a CO2 expression, things like that, where we may be able to maintain some of that. But the boswellic acid that is claimed, and there are studies in PubMed that talk about that, would be from the resin itself. Okay, so just kind of a piece of information on there. That's an infusion. So they talk about biblical oils. Of course, frankincense is talked about in the Bible, mainly by incense, also because it was used in the Torah, 
frankincense oil was to be served to all the high priests with every meal, and that would have most likely have been a resin infusion in olive oil of some kind. It was not an essential oil like we know today in a 5 or 15 ml bottle. So there's infusion for you, and infusion is a very different thing. That's what I was talking about, you know, infusing the herb with olive oil for salad dressings. That's a wonderful way to ingest essential oils on a daily basis, right? No repercussions there for the most part. The amounts are too minuscule. So diffusion is when you use something, whether it be a plugged-in type uh, uh, machine for diffusing it into the air, meaning that it'll either do it by cold um, or heat. And uh, there is some concerns with, of course, heat being an oxidizer for essential oils. There are some concerns uh, that exist about heating essential oils. There's not really uh, enough study out there. And, of course, you by cooking, it would be heating it that you would be releasing it. But there are some concerns with diffusion. You want to make sure that you're doing it for, for low periods of time. Uh, Robert Tisserand, who is a uh, an expert, in as expert as there can be in this field, uh, talks about 30 minutes on, you know, an hour off where you're allowing your body and your fat tissue to take a rest from it. Lots of people can get confused and dizzy and have, you know, it could be different from you and I, Dana. You and I could be standing in the same room, diffusing and smelling the same oil, and I might feel ill, and you might be like, "Woo, I'm ready to go run a marathon. It, okay, it, let know, me ask it's you. It's just like food. Let me ask you, Did you, have you met Robert Tisserand? I did meet Robert Tisserand, yes. <laughs> He's very, very nice, super knowledgeable. Can you tell us? Um, can you tell us how that went down? Yeah. So I was at the Pacific Interest at the Pacific Institute of Aromatherapy conference uh, in San Francisco in November. And of course they had Pierre Francone that was there talking about essential oils for pain. They're much more open to uh, essential oils in France um and and Europe actually. Uh and Robert Tisserand was there talking about essential oils and their capability with cancer. He did some great MRI slides. Uh, on glioblastomas, which are very difficult to treat. Um, I mean, the future of medicine, we would only hope, would be very aromatic. It's, there's some amazing, amazing potential there. So, of course, I have his book, um, Essential Oil Safety, the second edition by him, by Robert Tisserand and Rodney Young, of course, is a wonderful reference and is a reference guide in every aromatherapy school uh, for safety and uh, research and studies and, you know, gives you um, percentages for this, this, and this when you avoid it. Uh, it is the, in my opinion, the PDR, Physician's Desk Reference, for every anybody that's working with uh, aromatherapy, whether it's personal or professional. It's You can grow with this book. Anybody can grow with this book. But it is the most current essential oil research on safety, and it's an amazing book. So I had, of course, brought my book with me. And I wanted to meet him because, you know, I interact. And, of course, we follow him. Uh, I follow him on Facebook. And um, I will always bug him with my crazy questions and what about this and what if and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, anyways, after the conference was over, I introduced myself. And he said, Tiffany. And I was like, oh, my God, he knows who I am. That <laughs> was just very funny. But um, he said from Facebook, and I said, oh, my God, you know me from all my ridiculous questions. And he said, no, I think they're great. And he signed my book, and 
he was very, very pleasant and um and and you know, we he had asked me to dinner and uh, with his lovely girlfriend, and I unfortunately was about to catch my flight home, and I had to run up to Ghirardelli Square because I would have been lynched if I'd come home without chocolate. So I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so disappointing. It oh, was really I disappointing, but I, I do believe that everything happens, uh, you know, for a reason, and I was, of course, very nervous. You know, he's so very smart, and uh, chemistry and and um, you know I'm so very cautious and I probably would have made a complete ass out of myself so it's probably a good thing I didn't no. go. <laughs> no, he asked you to dinner with his girlfriend. I think that's very cool and I know that you didn't know I was going to ask you about that on the show. I just kind of wanted to throw it in there. Um, also, okay, so I but want I would to love go... to in case he ever listens to this. I would love to go <laughs> next time. He's doing a he's doing another one in Colorado, I believe, uh, in April that I would love to attend and, um, you know, for everybody who wants uh, more information and as much up-to-date information on research, I highly can't recommend that book enough as, as part of your arsenal for forming your own opinion of how to use your essential oils. It is a, and no, I don't get any kickbacks. Uh, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal book to have and that's essential oil safety um i'll post it on my facebook page grateful garden by robert tisran and rodney young it's about a hundred dollars and i don't care whether you are a beginner or an expert you will have beneficial information that will come from this book and if you're a beginner i highly recommend it because you can grow uh grow very well with the book okay um so some do's and don'ts would be um, ingesting. You really need to know what you're doing, and you need to have you someone. Know uh, you got to know and what your you're health, doing, right? So ingesting your health is very important. Your health is very important. The age of the person is important. You know whether ingested. You know I don't recommend ingesting unless you're unless you're fairly well versed in it. Okay, for one. Number two, or you uh, you know uh, contact a qualified medicinal or clinical aromatherapist. And you don't do it for any long period of time. It's a short period of time, and then you stop for a specific purpose. This isn't something that you add to your water every day. Don't add the drop of lemon that has you know, significant consequence on adipose tissue. Uh, the fact that you've lost 15 pounds in a week should not be appealing to anybody. It should be really freaking scary. You know, yeah. squeeze the lemon. Are lemons amazing? Lemons are amazing. But lemons have vitamins and wait, minerals wait. and different constituents. Hmm? Okay, huh? I have my I have I have my sunny to throw in. You know, it should be really scary, but after you wear your really really skinny dress to the party that you were going to, then you should be frightened about it. That's right. I mean, you know, <laughs> Dr. Pappas has a link on his YouTube where you can put lemon essential oil in a styrofoam cup and it eats right through it. Okay, most citrus essential oils are solvents. Okay, many essential oils are solvents, okay? Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you, this is like a rat hole. We could go down different constituents. Thyme, for example, is, an, is a very beneficial essential oil, but you have to know what the heck you're doing or you can, you can create some serious burns. I mean, there's many different chemotypes of thyme. Uh, you know, you have bitter orange. You have sweet orange. Bitter orange is extremely phototoxic. It can create – there's a great case study right there that I'll tell you about real quick. 
so I believe it was last summer. Every summer, there's a horrid story of essential oils and terrible burns from the sun. Okay, there are many citrus essential oils that are very phototoxic. They increase uh, the sun's potential photocarcinogenic capacity and, and different things. So, for example, and this didn't even involve essential oils. This is how powerful essential oils are, period, even naturally occurring on the plant. So they had three little girls, I believe it was three or four, and it might have been two summers ago. Anyways, long story short, they decided to make lame, lame-aid, lime-aid at a pool party. Okay. And they were climbing the neighbor's lime tree with their in their little bathing suits, climbing with their little legs and grabbing the limes, and then they were squeezing the limes and adding sugar and making limeade. And how exciting, right, for a pool party, right? Any of us would do that. We'd be like, that's so exciting. Do it, right? Anyways, long story short, these little girls ended up in the emergency room with third-degree burns over large parts of their body for three weeks. Okay? This is not even the essential oil in the little bottle, Dana. This is the naturally occurring essential oil on a lime tree and on the lime fruit. Put the lime in the coconut. Coconut. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? Put the lime in the coconut with gloves on, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's so scary, right? And And that's not our point because we have, I was we're all. Say, my point um, is not to scare people, and I feel like I am. No. <laughs> but no. I often feel no. like I also need to counterbalance, you know, all of the, hey, it's okay, it's natural, let's just do it, you know. No, there is information. These are pharmaceuticals. These are very potent, fabulous, amazing substances with, with proper usage can be so beneficial. In the same respect, with misusage and misinformation, they can be potentially very hazardous. Are they going to kill you? Well, probably not, and I do want to make a point on that. Um, There have been deaths from essential oils, um, particularly eucalyptus, and uh, from ingesting them. So topically applying them, are you going to kill yourself? No. Ingesting them, could you potentially kill yourself in the long run? Uh, I'm saying I'm going with a possible, yeah, you absolutely could. Okay. So I wouldn't say that there's so no recorded careful. deaths from essential oils. Whoever said that is misinformed. They need to look a little harder. Okay. Uh, so okay, so there's that, and then I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I hate that. Oh, okay. You know how um, we earlier we were talking, and you mentioned the fact that um, the FDA is very unhappy and uh, with some of the way the big MLMs, and by that we do mean Young Living Essential Oil and doTERRA. Is there anybody else who's really big in essential oils? And they are, they're angry with them because of the claims that their consultants and their ambassadors are, are claiming and using on Pinterest and on Facebook and on everywhere saying this happens, this happens, and, you know, on some webinars and, and things like that. But if you mentioned, if you go directly to... Young Living Essential Oils or doTERRA's website, they make none of those claims. Right. And I I do want to point out that I have some absolutely wonderful people that I have a phenomenal amount of respect for uh, that have been clients of mine, um, that have picked my brain 
that are representatives of doTERRA and Young Living, I really, really, really want to put forward, whether it's Spark Naturals, whatever MLM, it doesn't matter. You know, doTERRA and Young Living right. get thrown under the bus frequently because they're the most common. They're very large companies. So are yeah. there doTERRA and, Repre- and Young Living representatives and Spark Naturals and whatever MLM there is that are well-informed, knowledgeable, that aren't going to mislead you? Absolutely, and I want to say that. The only reason is because those companies have put forth as proponents of large daily ingestion and large amounts of neat usage. I might just throw in there that they stand to make an awful lot of money from that type of a sales uh, presentation, okay? Uh, You know, if everything was diluted way down, you'd be selling what? A hundredth of the oil that you would be selling if you were selling it neat? Okay, I mean, that's something to seriously consider when you're taking information. And I will tell you that there are companies like Scylla Shepherd-Hanger of Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy, Robert Tisserand of of Robert Tisserand Essential Training, uh, that really, really um, would love to see the separation of education and sales. Because you should not be taking, even though that's what I do for a living, I honestly have to admit I think there's a fair amount of of truth to that, right? You can't take information from somebody who stands to make money from the sale of something that they're that they're technically educating you on. Does that make sense? It does. Now, obviously, that's what I it do does. for a living, so I'm I'm putting myself in a challenging category on that. But I do definitely understand where the separation of those two modalities are important. I really do. So um, okay. And, so and I know, I know by people, no means am I not saying. To, to not use doTERRA at all because I actually have doTERRA sitting, you know, right here in front of me. And, and I think I they're very started, good oils. I, I started with Young Living, you know, probably 15, 16 years ago. I wish I would have kept with it, kept up with it, uh, but I didn't. But I did I did use their oils at one time. And like I said earlier, I bought several different kinds on Amazon. So, you know, by no means am I bashing them either. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, doTERRA, Young Living, uh, Spark Naturals, all of those, the big MLMs, they have their stuff covered. So, uh, you know. You bet. And like, if most you want, people, if no, you want to go, you can correct, look up the FDA. Right. Huh? Okay, huh? You can look up all the FDA warnings yeah. that are going through it. And I would honestly, a couple things that I really want to put forth that are very, very important is sustainability of essential oils for one, Right. If, you know, there's so many large people with large audiences that are proposing, you know, frankincense for everything, and we won't have it anymore, okay? It's, it's, it's looming, you know, on um, endangered species, okay? Sandalwood, there, you know, we should be using, and I really, truly, and honestly believe, I'm not an energetics person per se, but I believe, and I've seen it in many years of my business making blends for people and that you get out of the oil what you put into it. In other words, if you put into it respect and understanding, you're going to get out of it what you intended it for. If you abuse it, you're going to miss the whole point. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's something that, that really should be dealt with on a spiritual level. These are things that are they don't have, you know, it's like water or anything else. They don't have a plethora and if we abuse it, we're going to abuse the soil. People say, well, you could just keep planting it. Yeah, but we could keep planting it in soil that's not going to give us the quality of essential oils that we would get if we used them with great care and caution and respect. 
Okay. So it's, yeah, you know, I mean, it's a, dare I say, it's a spiritual thing. It really is. I mean, essential oils can be so amazing for so many things. And, you know, I kind of want to shift the the safety out of that um, a little bit. But, you know, um, and going back to the do's and don'ts, you know, I know that's a huge question for people. If you're going to diffuse, diffuse it for a short period of time. Make yourself a personal aromatherapy inhaler that you can actually enjoy and stop. I don't believe that diffusing, you know, even when you're cooking, you've got, what, a couple hours and then it's done. You're not diffusing it all day long. You know, it needs a break. Right. You need, right. And, and as a note, as with everything, whether it be oral, dermal, ingestion, suppository, they all have different percentages. Does that make sense? The more frequently you're going to use uh-huh. it, you want to use a lower percentage. And that's going to also depend on the oil itself. I mean, Elan Elan is a beautiful, beautiful oil, but it's not recommended, uh, you know, safely to go up about past 0.7%. That's a very small amount. That's a very small amount. So if you're thinking you're going to just put, you know, 50 drops of Elan Elan, you may give yourself a smoking headache. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it may smell good, right. but it's going to give you a smoking headache, you know. I mean, and that may be different <laughs> and you from may not one person think, to the next. You may not think that's the reason. You may not associate it with that because people just aren't as educated as they need to be. So That's my point. Um, you know, that's where people say, well, no one's really died from this. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not so sure that we've really, um, you know, given it enough, you know, enough time and credit and you know that's like saying well no one died from apple juice well if their triglycerides went through the roof and they died from arsenic poisoning how can you say that apple juice couldn't possibly have been a part of that see what i'm saying it's arsenic just, it's is natural difficult to make a blanket statement. Right? arsenic is natural that's right it'll kill you if you have it in certain amounts <laughs> right so even though it's natural, so everything needs to be, remember, um, you know, just a little goes a long way is also a good point to remember with essential oils, right? So um, that's a good point. That's a good do for sure. Um, ingesting, we're not sure on that. Let's just let's just go with a no for right now. Um, and, and if you're really unsure, like um, Tiffany said, you can go to, what was the website you told everybody to go to? Uh, to check it, check it out. Besides their specific website, like if you're if you're saying if someone's telling you to use it in a recipe, and they say use Young Living essential oil blend of lemon and blah blah blah, just go straight to Young Living essential oils and see what they recommend. Because I don't believe they're claiming any kind of wonderful ingestion on you know. On and for God's products, sake, like people are claiming, you, know, you can't you can't go wrong zesting the lemon. Okay, you want lemon essential oil? Zest the lemon. Zest an organic lemon <laughs> for sure. But there's your essential right. oil right there. So instead of using a drop, right. why don't you use the zest of the lemon? That's my opinion. Now, in the same respect, I do recommend it in certain circumstances, like you know, fungal overgrowth. It can be very beneficial for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which uh, applies to many thyroid patients. So it doesn't have a blanket answer, Dana. You can't just say, right. yes, do this and don't do this. It really all depends on the oil the application, the usage, the person's age, their particular health. I mean, my God, you could put people in significant damage, elderly people whose circulatory systems are not up to speed, and you can really make them feel very ill. Okay, what would be, the, what would be beneficial about that, right? So you have to use them 
and I love this, you've got to use them consciously. For God's sake, wake up and really understand the potency and the usage for these substances because they are amazing. But they do require understanding that goes along with it. Okay? Right. So let, let's get into some of the nitty-gritties because I know we haven't covered and God knows I can talk for an eon about, you know, something, anything stupid. So um, recommended mixtures for anxiety, coughing, calming, and colds. There are so many, okay? Uh, anxiety is a huge one. Lavender is amazing, very well studied on lowering cortisol levels and relieving anxiety. Clary Sage, Ilani Lawn, and it's very much going to depend on the person. I really, really want to put forth for anyone that's listening, pay attention to the oils that you're using. If you find that you're drawn to them and you're enjoying them and they're fabulous, then use them. Okay? If you find that you're repelled by them and you know, uh, then listen, okay? Because your body is phenomenally designed, intentionally designed, and plants are too. So guess what? Here's my hocus-pocus, you know, information. But there is a an amount of communication that takes place between you and that natural substance. The same thing happens with food, right? You don't keep ingesting something that makes you ill because so-and-so is so smart and they said it was good for me. Well, you know what? No. No. It doesn't work no. like that. You listen to your okay. body. Just like That's right. Just like certain perfumes. Perfumes, okay? Some perfumes that my husband likes, my mom wears, give me a headache. Right. I am not going to wear them. My body doesn't like it. It is rejecting it for whatever reason, and I'm not going to do it. Period. My body's right. telling me, and I'm listening, right? That makes right. sense. And you know, everybody listening, and for future guests listening, you know there's somebody who's put a perfume on, on or a cologne, and that you've gone, oh, God, I can't. That's, not only is it too much of a cologne, but that smell, there's something about the smell, or a food, or a flower, or, or any kind of scent. And right. that is and your I've body even had that. Uh-uh. I've even had that uh-uh. uh, with essential oil perfumes. You know, of course they're wonderfully natural, and they're so much more beneficial health-wise. And, you know, old, old school perfumes and actually many very fine perfumes are still essential oil based. Those are usually the ones that are, you know, between two and five hundred dollars. But my point is, um, you know, even with although they're so much better, I mean, they're they're not even there's not even a competition between synthetics and naturals. Of course, you always want to go with the naturals. But I had uh, I've had people very graciously make me perfumes, and of course, so many people will bring me blends, and you know, because they because I inspired them to do this or that or whatever. And I will put on, you know, and I'll ask them, what's the percentage? Where did you, you know, making sure that everything they smile? Yeah, we went all safely in this and that. And I will put a little bit on, and I will feel very odd very quickly. So even with, and this is my point. You, it's such a personal thing. Does that make sense? So there's obviously, you know, some essential oil or some percentage in there that didn't agree with Tiffany Mladenich. You know, well, hot diggity dog, I got a fabulous gift, and and it's a wonderful thing, and I'm, you know, so grateful for it, but it didn't work for me. And that's so important to listen to. You know, our bodies are just so smart. They are so smart. You know, and like you said, you've you've got to listen. One perfume can be fabulous for one person and not so good for the next. And there are definitely Which is, 
certain subsets, Dana, of essential oils that will cause more problems than others. That's another thing I'd like to really get into is, is sensitization. So one of the other reasons for not necessarily applying neat essential oils all the time is because you have certain essential oils that over a period of time can cause you great grief. You don't believe me? Contact, um, oh, for the love of God, now I can't remember her name, but uh, from Nature's Gift Essential Oils. Um, okay, her name Should just... Should we Google uh, it? Uh, yeah, she owns Nature's Gift. It'll It'll come to me. Anyways, long story short, another vintage aromatherapist... And she has developed sensitization from from neat essential oils, exposure of essential oils that will create great neuropathy in your hands and nerve damage. You know, my point is, is it's a it's a rare response. But if you're if you're not increasing any absorption, you're actually increasing the absorption by diluting it, and you're making yourself significantly safer. Okay then why would you take that chance? Because you would have sensitization from multiple essential oils for the rest of your life. How is that beneficial for anybody? Okay? My thing is, is you know, helping people with certain situations, I've never, ever, really, ever had to exceed 20%. Okay? So 20% essential oils, why would you want to use it at 100% strength if 20% or even more so you know uh even more so commonly at 1 or 2% or 5% even maximum it'll do the job what would be the point of abusing that much essential oil when a small amount keeps you safer still does the job and saves you money and you don't get it. It, it it's smart it's smarter for the planet as you were talking earlier about frankincense Amen, almost becoming danger right smarter. All Marge, the way right? around. There's no negative to it. Her name is. Her name is Marge Clark. Marge Clark. Yes, thank is that you. It? Wonderful woman. Nature's gift. Fabulous essential oils. Um, and she will explain if you don't believe in sensitization. Then, like I said, you can contact Scylla Shepherd from Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy. She'll give you a few case studies. She'll give you many case studies. And and even Marge Clark, super smart vintage aromatherapist and she will explain to you the dangers of not diluting. So, okay. There's the, what about there's leaky the gut? <sighs> oh, you're really taking me places, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know. Okay, so here's here is my deal with leaky gut. It's pretty much being promoted by one particular individual. And they stand to make a lot of money by what they say. <laughs> so I'm going to put and it And by the put time all the people in the world hear this, they will be billionaires. So it's fine. Just go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I like sleeping at night. You know that. I, I like being comfortable yeah. with the girl in the skin and in my own skin and, and mm-hmm. sleeping at night. So here's mm-hmm. my thing. Is there enough research to really support that? No, there's really not. <laughs> Uh, is it okay. potentially beneficial? I think that's possible. Do I think that ingesting essential oils for any length of time is beneficial in that 5 ml, 15 ml drop format? I do not. I think that's going to be very problematic in the long run, and I think we're we're getting ready to see the the SHIT hit the fan here shortly, which is going to take it away from everybody because then the FDA is going to begin to regulate it. 
do I believe that essential oils, when you're cooking, do I believe that those have the ability to protect the gut in many different ways? I do. That's not the same thing as the essential oil in the bottle. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Do I believe that that's how you fix leaky gut? Oh, hell no. Let me repeat myself. Oh, hell no. You'd be better off taking hydrolyzed collagen or dousing you know, your intestines in gelatin and getting your vitamin D optimized and you know, cutting back on inflammatory foods and increasing thyroid hormone and taking better care of yourself and not eating crap rather than adding essential oils. Did that answer that? Well, there you go. Did that go. answer that question? It did. Do I, be, do I believe there they are... can be used as antibiotics? I do. I, yes, I do. But are antibiotics something that you want to use for long periods of time? I don't. It's a very short-term usage. That's why I say I can't say no ingestion because that would be irresponsible of me. And we can keep going, right? Yes, we can keep going. Okay. Um do I believe that those can be very beneficial? I do, but that's a smart usage thing. Like for, for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, for yeast problems, for parasitic problems, for all kinds of stuff, do I believe they can be beneficial ingested? Yes, I can, but, but safely and under the right guidance. And a lot of times you can do it by herbal infusions rather than actually using the essential oil. Once again, herbal, herbal infusions have vitamins and minerals, Okay. The thyroid and the body are run on vitamins and minerals that affect hormones and other things, okay? So it's better to go to the basic source for, for that. That's, that is my opinion, hon. That's my opinion. Okay. I mean, because, and it's safer. You, know, like you can't go wrong some... there. You know what I mean? You can't and go wrong making big... yourself an oil infusion. Huh? No, absolutely. And, and there are some, you know, I'd like to – I'm going to – get t- Tiffany's top 10, you know, uh, essential oils at the end of this that you, you would have on an island with you. But, you know, like thyme, it's an antimicrobial uh, essential oil, and, and, and there's it lots is. of great benefits to that, and peppermint, but and lavender, and there's some, I do, but there's always I do have a but. To, I do have to make a, a point about thyme. Okay, there's different different constituents, different chemotypes of thyme. <laughs> One is very benign. And one is very dangerous. So you don't you want to know chemotypes when you're dealing with any type of of time. T H Y M. Okay. Food for thought. Okay. Just had to throw that in there. Okay. okay. Uh, <coughs> which oils are best for underarm deodorant? Okay. I do make a deodorant. Grateful Garden dot biz, and I it's a powder deodorant. It's very beneficial. It's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful at uh, identifying uh, yeast overgrowth. Uh, which is fabulous. Uh, oils for the underarm uh, really are going to, you of course want to stick with antibacterial um, essential oils. And of course for some people you're going to need to go milder. Some people need heavier ones like patchouli. Uh, Pettigrain is very good for uh, perspiration. Uh, patchouli is a wonderful um, antibacterial. Lavender of course is antibacterial, but it's not quite as strong. So it's really going to depend on the person's individual fragrance. It's going to depend on their preferences, um, you know, and and that. What I love about using essential oils over conventional deodorant is that you're you're benefiting yourself. You're not harming yourself. I mean, you can chemically burn yourself, 
underneath your arm if you do not, if you use too high of a percentage. However, I would like to point out that if you do get a red rash or pinprick red rashes, if you're using baking soda or arrowroot powder or cornstarch or coconut oil or anything like that, and your percentage is acceptable, which really shouldn't exceed 1% or 2% under your arm because you're using it every day, uh, and you do develop a sensitization, okay, which is that you know itching or red rash or pinprick rash, nine times out of ten over the years that I've been doing this, that is an awesome uh, symptom of an overgrowth of systemic yeast infection. And the reason I know this is because I've had probably five people over seven years that have developed that. And if you take them off that deodorant and you have them clean up their diet, usually they, you know, uh, you know, eat away. carbohydrates and sugars and like that, they can go right back to using the same deodorant, exact same deodorant, once the overgrowth of yeast is back in check, which is very cool. So it can be definitely, absolutely be a sensitization. However, it can also be other things. So make sure that you're determining which one that is before you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay. 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 Let's talk about us for a minute. Let's talk about us. Oh, Melissa said we lost us. So it, must, it must cut off for the listeners. But then yes, people can listen did. in it's later. An hour and a half. Oh, that's a that's uh-huh. a bummer. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, oh well. I'm a yapper, man. What can oh, well. I say? That's okay. Okay, so Tiffany and I met online over, I guess, a year and a half ago, and connected right away. She wrote an article for me. It was fabulous, and uh, we just kept in touch. And I remember last Christmas talking about trees for some odd reason. We both love trees, and She's in Joshua Tree, uh, or close to Joshua Tree. She's basically in the desert and loves trees. And I'm living in Costa Rica, so I'm, you know, I wasn't sure I believed her. But she said she loved trees, so I told her I would take pictures for her while I was in Colorado. And I did. And I also, on that trip, asked her to be become my uh, co-host for this show. So uh, it's, just been, it's just been a fabulous ride. We're almost at our one-year uh, anniversary for sh- shows. It'll be February 21st. We have special guests. I'm going to go ahead and say it on this show right now. We already have, um, this is going to be just secret guests, but these people will, you know, who knows who will listen and what time. Mary Showman has already agreed to come on, and we're going to have like five different special guests uh, come on that have been part of our favorites. Uh, we can't have them all, but part of our favorites. So that's our one year show on February 21st. But Tiffany and I, you know, just became friends, and um, hopefully someday we'll meet. But I've always been interested in essential oils, and I have some. And Tiff, Tiff has her business, which she's been doing successfully for, what, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. You can find all of her stuff. It's gratefulgarden.biz. And she sells everything, you know, basically online and at Joshua Tree Farmer's Market on Saturdays which is a really neat market. Hopefully I'm going to surprise her and just show up one day. Um, oh, my gosh. That would just the, kill uh, me. I would be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then um, and then, in years past, I'm not sure about this year, she's been at the Big Bear um, Farmer's Market on Tuesdays, which isn't too far from where she lives. And so she also does consultations, but we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. So together we decided, hey, we do Thyroid Nation Radio. I have 
you know, thyroid nation. Let's do products that are just responsible for people that people can use and know that they're healthy. They're that the the, the uh, ingredients are are well vetted. That Tiffany's you know put her heart and soul and and love and light into to the products. The can't be really you know mass production. This isn't something Amazon can sell because Tiffany sells them. They do have an expiration, and so we decided to make something that we thought would be. Great for people that didn't want to have any kind of endocrine disrupting chemicals in their body or wanted to switch out their whatever they were using as far as skin care. I mean, we can, Tiffany has a, a lot of things that she can do with her essential oils, and someday maybe we'll have the whole house line. Who knows? Right now we have basically skin care and um, facial products, and we do have um, a, a nasal inhaler. And we just, we haven't really particularly launched it. Officially, we we have we have officially launched it, but we haven't really done it. We haven't done a big push, and we haven't really talked quite a whole lot about it. So, um, so we have some blends, and uh, they're all very smart, and none of them you can eat. And they, well, I guess you might could, right? <laughs> well, you could, yeah. But, there wouldn't um, be much benefit to it, but could. yes, <laughs> right. But um, we created Thyroid Nation Essentials. You can buy them at thyroidnation.com, and I want you to talk about what you think about Thyroid Nation Essentials and just about some of the products and, and your what you've experienced so far with them. Well, I, I you know, I definitely, one of the reasons that I had come into essential oils in the first place um, was, you know, of course, over, you know, I'm an extremely drug-sensitive person. I'm extremely sensitive to preservatives and synthetics and food coloring and just, you know, uh, all those things. But, of course, that's how I got involved in the essential oils and and education in the first place. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a medical nerd. I love re- reading, you know, research. So, um, you know, there's some really amazing things that can be done, you know, medically. And, and, and just like I said, the world of aromatherapy is just coming into its own. Uh, you know, the future is hopefully a very aromatic place. But a very good way to utilize them uh, safely uh, is, you know, using them for skincare and replacement of in perfumes and deodorants and uh, different things like that, where they can be very uh, beneficial and not harmful, like synthetics, you know, causing which are very well known to cause endocrine problems and <clears throat> and all that. So, with when you asked me to make thyroid nation essential oils that was essentials it was very uh important to me um to make something that would not just you know be uh, a removal of synthetics but would also incorporate essential oils that could be very beneficial particularly uh for people with thyroid disorders and and autoimmunity so um that in that in mind i really you know i wanted to create a very beneficial uh line um, because I know how much we suffer, you know. I know how much uh, small things can rock our world. And and whoever thinks that shampoo or that your facial cream or that is what's causing your mood disorder or whatever, uh, you know, people don't think that. They don't automatically go to that. You know, what always makes me laugh is, say, for example, when someone, you know, breaks out or has, uh, usually it's a breakout, and they'll come to me and they'll, you know, they will have used, uh, you know, some of my products for years, and they'll be like, I don't understand. And I will always ask them, let's let's go back. Did you start eating at a new restaurant? Did you start, you know, everybody automatically goes to what they topically apply to their face, but then they go, oh, God, you know, I did. 
I started eating this particular that's got palm oil or soybean oil or all these other things. I'm like, before you, you know, really say that it's this particular thing, you need to look. Supplements are notorious for causing mood disorders and breakouts and uh, all kinds of stuff, but no one ever thinks of that. You know what I'm saying? They go great to, point. what's that? I said, that's a oh, great point. Sure. Oh, for sure. I see it all the time. It always makes me giggle. You know, I said, you've got to rule out different things. Uh, and I know from my own skin, I really don't break out at all. But I will get myself a humdinger of a pimple at 46 years old if I eat something with soy oil or palm oil. It's a guarantee. That's so it's crazy. just, you know, part of that's from experience, but it's also, you know, from doing this for so long and people are like, I can't believe that that particular herb or that particular was behind this. You know, we started eating at a new restaurant or... Um, so anyways, going back to Thyroid Nation Essentials, I did it so that we had things that were not just a removal of chemicals and synthetics, and but were really, uh, you know, preservative-free vitamin E. For people that know, they'll see that vitamin E is in every one of our products. It is a lovely natural preservative. However, 80% of vitamin E on the market is a soy-based vitamin E. So for us, we kind of want to know that. Even though we're not ingesting it, you still take in things through your skin. Don't believe me? There's patches, topical patches that are used in medicine all the time. Uh, another thing that I want to mention, not only are we, you know, sunflower vitamin E, but I was also very careful not to include castor oil in any of our products. Castor oil is a very problematic oil in my opinion. And I want to share this with everybody because everybody says it's a benign oil and it's non-toxic and whatever. Well, castor oil is the byproduct of ricin production, which is which is used for chemical warfare. The plant itself says, don't touch me. And I'm going to explain why. So most castor oil is harvested in third world countries. And these people have an average of a, of a seven-year life expectancy. Okay? So not only does it have horrific ecological and human consequences, but castor oil itself, although it is non-toxic, quote-unquote, it has the ability to bypass the body's natural immune system in the skin and bypass several uh, epidermal layers. So in your cosmetics that contain all these carcinogens, it will take that carcinogen and drop it directly into your bloodstream. In my opinion, there is nothing non-toxic about that. Food for thought. That was huge because okay. everybody's using castor oil anymore. Oh, it's very emollient and blah, blah, blah. And this is why it works for packs, for herbal things and whatever. Can you use it when you know what you're using it with and your intention is to do that? Absolutely. Should it be used at random in anything to do that? Oh, my gosh, no. Okay. So that that's part of the intention that I created with this product was really to the best of my knowledge and there are no federal or state, there are no regulations at all on any essential oils or skincare. So the, the point that I make with my clients at the farmer's market is if you want to put dog poop in your formula and you put it on the label, that you can do that. Okay, As long as it's on the label, up to the consumer diligence to, to know that. So 
you need to, and that applies to everybody, everybody from the gal at the farmer's market making the skincare to uh, Lancome to whatever. So they can, there can be carcinogens in your skincare, and there's nobody telling them not to use it, just as a note. That's kind of, you know, I think that's kind of important to know. So we did a, a, a facial serum, which is very hydrating, and our, our point was to address uh, common thyroid issues, uh, you know, namely, um, you know, dry skin, and of course, Speak Your Truth was really designed to uh, to speak your truth, you know, so we were looking for essential oils that were spiritually bound uh, to do that, uh, to help with that, um, and of course, Counting Sheep is, is a wonderful, we we combined essential oils that were known to relax and um, and help with that. Love Potion, which is one of my personal favorites, um, was designed to massage. I mean, so many of us have libido issues. And, you know, uh, we don't want to be touched. So the ability to smell good and, and essential oils that may sort of promote or encourage that uh, and, of course, to stimulate touch, to be touched, you know, can you massage me or or whatever. Um, and uh, so we did, I combined those particular oils that were known for aphrodisiac properties. And, of course, like I said, just really to stimulate uh, touch. Let's see, Speak Your Truth is um, was all, like I said, about, um, and you, you cut me off, honey, if you wanted a more specific answer. No, no. Okay, so you've talked about Speak Your Truth. Let's go with Miss Me. How about Miss Me? I love that. Miss, I love Miss, miss Me. Miss Me, I, I, I did, I right do. <laughs> I do love Yay. Miss Me. Um, okay, so Miss Me I really did as either before or after, and any of the myths that we design can be used throughout the day. What I love about them is just flat-out attitude adjustments, really. <laughs> so um, seriously, right? Okay. So, and, I love it. Um, the essential oils that we combined in there, you know, myrrh, limi, lavender, uh, ilan, ilan, those are all very, very relaxing, extremely beneficial uh, to to skin, uh, particularly the frankincense for rana and the myrrh. Um, so we did that just really as a uh, kind of as a hydrosol or botanical essence mist prior to putting on the serum or after. You can put it on before or after, and you can also use it throughout the day as just kind of a, an extra hydrator, as with any of the mists. Let's okay, see, Call Me counting Pretty. Sheep? Counting Sheep. Wait, did we do that? That was meant to, to stimulate relaxation and, and help with sleep. And what I love about Thyroid Nation Essentials for all of us is that um, um, – I'm sorry, I was reading the question. Someone just said a question oh. about, curious about right. oils for Lyme and mold. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that was a great presentation at uh, Pacific Institute of Aromatherapy. But my God, babe, that's a show for another day. I mean, there's that's just okay. a show for another day. Like, I could talk for eight hours on all these topics. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay. Particularly for mold. Um, yes, okay. Absolutely. Inhalation of dill has some amazing uh, for mold exposure. You betcha. Absolutely. Absolutely. So contact me personally if you want to know about okay. that. Okay. Um, and flower field moments. Flower field moments. 
uh, that was really, we did that because, of course, that's our signature tagline, right, is, is when you and I are just in this, it's a wow moment, right? It's, a, it's an absorption, right. uh, feel good, oh, my gosh, that's so, you know, that just resonates with me. So when I did that, um, of course, it's rose geranium, sweet orange, and Elan Elan, which are all very, <sighs> all very essential right. oils. So that's really what I did that. I really wanted to pick something that would stimulate that type of response. And, of course, what's fabulous about that is you can use that as a complexion mist. Um, you know, all of the, uh, all of the uh, formulas that we made are uh, current to the most safe information and research to date. Um, and, uh, you know, dilutions for, uh, for the application of, of choice and... Um, you know, we really did these to be an exceptionally, and I'm just very cautious by nature, normally just for my own, my own health concerns as well. But flower field moments is just, okay. oh, it just feels good. I do that multiple times and throughout I have a the feeling, day. I also do it on my face. Huh? I have What's a feeling that? that everybody will have many flower field moments in the show. We haven't really stopped and both had one because I talk to Tiffany all the time, so I've heard all <laughs> All of this a bunch. So this whole thing is a flower field moment for me. Okay, let's see. Let's cover um, I'm Your Everything, and then we'll end with Brain Awake. We really wanted I'm Your Everything to be a multi-purpose um, spray, okay? And and Dana and I both love the particular French lavender uh, that we use in this particular product. And we did want to do just lavender, but we wanted to make it something unique and special, which is why I added vetiver and lemongrass, uh, which both can be very beneficial for um, anxiety and stress. And, you know, like I said, we tailored this for thyroid, uh, for thyroid patients uh, and clients. But uh, Bumps, bruises, it, huh? cuts, burns. Eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the, I'm your everything. It's everything. Bumps, burn, bruises, cooking burns, sunburns, rashes, bug bites. It's anti-inflammatory. It'll help with pain. It's, um, you know, just for everything. What I tell people is, is if you have an essential oil handy and you have an issue, don't underestimate it for anything. Because it's very easy to lump certain essential oils and say, this will work for this, 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 and this. But you know what? Then you might leave out the capability of all the other ones that can do those similar things. I've seen that happen multiple times in the aromatherapy communities where people leave out uh, that ability to explore for themselves because you know, other people say that this is going to work for this. Well, what if that works even, even better, quicker? And nerve pain is something that... Um, you know, I see phenomenal results, er, results with, with things that are not normally, uh, with essential oils that are not normally chosen uh, for nerve pain. So, right. Huh? Eh? I said, I said, well, I don't remember what I said, but I said something that was really good. <laughs> um, okay, bra- okay, brain awake. Brain awake I did specifically for the brain fog. I mean, gee whiz, it's a very um, uh, organic rosemary, peppermint um, for inhalation. What I love, I love personal diffusion. I think that is one of the most beneficial ways. Uh, I do specialty inhalers for people all the time. So this was really as a general population because so many of us have cognitive issues and uh, fatigue issues. So this was meant to give you a quick pull it out of your purse 
inhale it, deep breath, and just it'll help revive you. It'll help wake you up, help with your cognitive. There's some amazing, amazing studies on rosemary and cognition. So that was the reason for choosing choosing those for that. Okay, Tiffany's top ten deserted island essential oils that she wouldn't leave home without. Oh gee whiz! Okay, that's a you tough only can one. Pick okay, 10. so I okay, I can only pick ten. So lavender, of course, would be at the top of my list. Uh, tea tree would be another one. Thyme would be another mm-hmm. one. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably either sweet orange or lemon. So we're going to just count that as four. Um, hmm, I definitely would have to have frankincense on hand. Uh, probably free rana in particular species. Let's see. So that's five. Ooh, I could actually do this pretty well. Okay. Um, rose? Huh? Rose? Rose hip? Uh, not for me. No? no, rose would not be a go-to okay. as far as, because you're asking me about broad spectrum. Do I love rose? Yes, that's absolutely. Um, but, but for okay. broad spectrum... To hit anything that that came my way, <laughs> I'm assuming is why we. <laughs> yeah. Um, geranium or rose geranium rose. would be six. Huh. Geranium. Okay. Geranium or rose geranium. Um. Uh-huh. Oh jeez. Well, neroli. A, a neroli would definitely neroli have to come sure. with. Neroli goes everywhere. <laughs> okay. Can, um, let's see, Roman chamomile would be another one. Roman or German, probably Roman for sure. Um, hmm, what am I at, eight? Uh-huh. Two Patchouli more. or sandalwood. Patchouli or sandalwood would be the, the other one, and some type of a pine. And, yes, we did have a question, by the way. I'm not sure who put it, but you put it on our peppermint? list. Peppermint? Peppermint? I would not pick peppermint to come with me, no, but I would pick rosemary. Okay. I would pick rosemary over peppermint, absolutely. We had a question by okay. somebody, doggone it. Where where was it? On Oh, here it is. Uh, you love the smell of candles, healthier alternative, looking for balsam. They love balsam. There absolutely is mm-hmm. a fir balsam oil, essential oil. However, that's a quick oxidizer, and I'm not sure that that would be my um, that would be better in like a cold diffusion rather than being heated because it's, it oxidizes very quickly. Pines oxidize quickly, so that's the okay. answer to that one. And so okay. did I. Did I get everything? You got them all. You got them all. Okay, let's talk really quick about you did. Let's um, let's talk about um, awesome Tiffany, and if you want to talk to her and pick her brain and have her be your personal consultant for anything health-related, uh, thyroid-related, essential oils-related. Tiffany, give them your 30-second your commercial. My 30-second commercial. Okay. Uh, so I do consultations. You can read all about that on uh, gratefulgarden.biz. Uh, you can also contact me through Facebook at Grateful Garden. I do, uh, it's an average of two hours, consultation, eight-page questionnaire. I also ask for a year's worth of blood work or more that you have, uh, more if there's a really critical issue. And I basically make recommendations to you on diet, lifestyle, multiple things, and also recommendations to your physicians. And what I've found out is is that there are many physicians that are super grateful uh, for this information um, because I get to spend two hours with you and they get to spend 10 minutes. So 
I've been able, fortunately, to pick up um, some critical issues, which I'm so grateful to be a tool in all of that. Uh, currently, I charge um, 75 for a two-hour well, we- consultation, which is going to go up. <laughs> Because I'm yes, killing myself. I say don't, don't say that right now because we're going to kill it. Okay, it's going to cut us off. It's going to, I think it the is. recording is going to cut us off. So, so thank you okay, guys so. so much. This was a great show. We could do this. We could talk day in and day out about essential oils and talk with Tiffany. Next week is Esther Blum. She's going to be fantastic. You can find us on iTunes. Check us out at thyroidnation.com. And thank you so much for joining us today. United We Heal.